R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-e-a, audio. 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 Re-e-a, Season two. Season two. Season two. If you're a Gen Xer like me, you have a special place in your heart for the TV show, The Greatest American Hero. I know you're singing the theme song right now, aren't you? In a nutshell, it's about a teacher, Ralph Hinckley, who was given a red Superman-style suit from some aliens that he runs into during a field trip in the desert. Of course, he puts the suit on, and he has superpowers, and the hilarity ensues because he truly stinks at being a superhero. This show wouldn't make it 10 minutes in today's entertainment world, but in 1981, it was a fun show to watch. Thing is, throughout the series, Ralph is just a regular guy. He actually doesn't like being a superhero, but he does it because it's just the right thing to do. He's humble. Well, there's a lot of heroes like that among us today. People that go about their days trying to make a living and doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Well, that's Mike Threat, and I'm really excited to share our conversation with you now. Mike Threat is a placement coordinator with Reemployability, and I'm super excited to have you on as a guest on REA Audio um, because of something that happened. Gosh, it must have been like two months ago. You're, you're relatively new to reemployability. So why don't we first, let me just ask you first how you got to the place where you are at reemployability now, and then I'll tell a little backstory as to why having you on the show is super exciting. Yeah, I can go into uh, how I got to where I'm at at reemployability. Uh, I will also want to say super excited to be here. Uh, been dying to get on the podcast for sure um, but just to go into how I got to be at reemployability um, I was in school the last two years uh, right out of high school and I was I had uh, initially um, like some people do they do struggle uh, initially with college uh, so initially I did struggle a bit just getting adjusted to having the freedoms and having the and not having someone there to push you all the time and supervise you all the time and make sure you're getting things done. Um, so I, I struggled a little bit and then I got back into a good shape. And last December, I just decided to take a, a break from school just to, to get grounded. And um, I also moved back to the Tampa area, Tampa Bay area. Um, to just get closer to my support system because I was in Tallahassee going to school up there. Mm -hmm. Just coming back to the Tampa area, uh, I just have a lot of support and I I know a lot of people in different places. And with reemployability, I actually knew uh, a woman, one of my mentors, and she had like relations with someone within reemployability so she kind of mentioned the job. She didn't kind of get. She didn't give me any background on what you guys do. Um, so I came in on a very blindly. I did. I didn't know what you guys did. I did a little bit of research. Uh, I read a couple of re- reviews, and I just wanted to give it a shot, just to just see what 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 does reemployability do? Like, what is that? Uh, so I came in. I did it. Did the interview, 
really nervous, <laughs> really anxious. Because um, I just never, I, I came from a background playing sports in school. Like, it's, a diff- it's different when you get really into the workforce and you're working in an office building. You're working with people who are older than you who've been working for countless years. Um, so it's definitely a different environment I wasn't used to. Uh, but I just came in super open-minded and um, and willing to learn just because I, I, I've never done it before. And that led me to being really successful at with working with reemployability and as a placement rep, just because I, I came in not with no expectations for what this job will be. And I think that really helped me in terms of being successful with the company. Well, what's interesting, Mike, is uh, you know, the reason why we're talking now is because you've only been here for, what is it, two months now? Is it, has it been three yet? Three been months. Just over three, three months. months. Yeah. yeah. We're in so the you third came month. In, you're in your third month, right? So you came in and you just hit the ground running. And you did things a little bit differently than what some other folks had done in here. Um, some of the things were trained, but some of the things that you just inherently knew from some of the other experiences that you had, and you like absolutely crushed it. And and you were placing people, uh, injured workers, into not-for-profits um, at a high volume, like lots of injured workers you were placing. And those injured workers that you were placing, you were placing in the right fit. Uh, because they were showing up, they were staying at their not-for-profits, they were enjoying what they were doing because you were doing the right things to get them uh, matched up. And and what was so impressive is that, like you said, you'd never done this before. You'd never been in an office environment before. Um, you know, you had uh, um, being in a situation that can be kind of intimidating, right? Because anything that you're not used to doing is intimidating. And you just hit the ground running and and really just just did your own thing and was super, super successful, even to the point where we had you come in and talk to the sales team about some of the things that you were doing. And and I know that you've kind of been helping some other folks out in our service department to kind of um, mentor them along in what they're doing. And so, so that's why I wanted to talk to you because of kind of the background that you had and the lack of experience and the fact that um, by giving you a, a chance um, through the interview process, um, turned out to be really, really successful for our company. And I know you're being very successful for those injured workers that you're putting into the not-for-profits. Um, so um, if you don't mind, first, I want to, if you're watching the video, Mike's got sunglasses on. You had a eye, some eye issues, right? So it's not because you're like super cool, right? It's the, the glare, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm dealing with just with some, some, some medical issues where my eye can get irritated so i'm just wearing the sunglasses just to just to protect that and uh yeah. protect the assets you know <laughs> yeah i got you you need those things you need those things so go back a little bit and and help me understand or help us understand a little bit about some of the experiences that you had that kind of led you to the success that you've had at reemployability right you had a real entrepreneurial spirit You've run your own businesses before, and and this is like before even going away to college, right? Gotcha. Yeah. So, like, just speaking to what you're saying on the, the experiences I had with opening businesses and running businesses. Um, so, I actually obtained my first LLC um, this year in in February uh, for a 
a business that I run, Five Star Futures, where we train youth athletes ages about 8 to 19. Um, youth, 19 is about the cutoff. Um, and just working on like skill development stuff, getting better in whatever sport they may be in. Um, it's all one-on-one training and uh, mentoring. And just getting out there and and allowing these kids to just soak up information. Because me, myself, I've, I've experienced, I played multiple varsity sports in high school. Um, I played at a collegiate level. And the people who I, I'm staffing right now are really knowledgeable. So it's, it's a really good thing for the kids in the area who are taking advantage of our, our program. What was it that gave you the idea to start that type of thing? I know you have an athletic background, but, but was there anything else regarding, you know, those particular kids that made you want to start doing what you're doing? Yes. So actually just as a young kid, I always like, you know, you see, you see the trainers, you see, and I grew up in the age where there's YouTube, there's social media. So you see these things all the time. And um, when I was in high school, I couldn't afford to pay for a personal trainer or I couldn't afford to go to these 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 training programs and where you get better honestly and the the gap between um, the skill gap now is is widening because kids are putting in the work and their and their parents are paying for them to be developed that way so I just wanted to give kids an opportunity who may not be able to pay that hefty price to get some affordable training from someone who knows the game. Mm-hmm. And, and are you, uh, so you just, but the company's been running for some time now, right? You just got the LLC, but how long have you been doing this? So personally, I've been training and slash mentoring because it's a bit of, it's, it's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh for about two years now, off and on, um, and then we also did a pilot program earlier in it, earlier in the year, right before we 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 got started, just to see how it'll go. And I was training about I want to say fifteen kids for mm-hmm. free, for free, yeah, for free, just to get out there, uh, experience how it feels to be in that field. Mm-hmm. And just get feedback from the kids, from the parents, and just hear what they need and, and what they want from us, from the program, Five Star Features. Did you identify anything when you did this pilot and talked to these kids that, that may be different from what you expected? I think I came in thinking uh, I really just wanted to work with kids who are really passionate about the sports they wanted to play. Mm-hmm. But then when I got out there and... Um, start training and just start mentoring like this program is really for any kid who, who who wants to be developed and it doesn't have to be sports related that's that that's the goal obviously but we just want to be able to impact kids life 
Right. And, and yeah, because there's so many lessons that you learn in sports that just trickle into everyday life, right? So because you had an athletic background and had played collegiate sports and played in high school, I uh, I assumed that you were the trainer, that you went out and you showed these kids how to be better at whatever sport. And I was super impressed because I was like, Mike, so like you do football, you do baseball, you do basketball. Like, how are you so good at all these sports? And then you informed me that actually you're not the trainer, you're kind of the businessman, right? Yeah, so I I, I dib and dab. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have a few kids that uh, I train personally just because it's at a personal level where mm-hmm. they, they've reached out to me and requested for me. So I, I I made myself available to them. But usually they're, it wouldn't be me. I do handle like the business side of it, like talking to parents and making sure uh, the money's right and just doing all the things that make a good business a good business behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have trainers who actually do the trainings mm-hmm. with the children. So you mentioned um, wanting to provide an affordable service. Obviously, it's a business, so you, you want to make a profit. But it sounds like you are being very open to people's needs and abilities, right, in order to pay for the services. How do you work that out? Do you meet with the parents? Do you meet with the kids? And, and, and what is it that makes a kid worthwhile to enter your program? So I do meet with the parents. We usually have a conversation just to get... Uh, get an assessment on, on where they're at financially in terms of like what they can and cannot pay. Um, we do a, a bi-weekly package, a monthly package. Um, so either of those options would work and it's really cheap. It's 40 bucks a session. Um, so I don't think you'll find that anywhere in the country. So it's really cheap. And then also we have a program where you know, if your parents can't afford it, we we still want to get you the training and maybe find like a, a donor or someone that could sponsor you in the program. And I think we have a good network of people who are always willing to help. So if you are out there and may need training, um, feel free just to check out our website and check out our Instagram. Instagram is a great location to check. We're always on there. Uh, and that's a, where a lot of our kids are, too. So five-star features and that's the number five so yeah we're going to post that in the show notes afterwards so if anybody's interested they can click on it and go there and and learn more about either putting their student in or their kid into it or if they want to help sponsor as well that will definitely make sure that's available now before you started this business you and your your brother right or your brothers forgive me i if i if i'm incorrect had started you you were kind of entrepreneurial even before that right yeah, so I got off track talking business a little bit. No, it's all good, man. It's all it's all connected. So just to speak to some of the things, like in terms of in the in in the business world or just business minded, that entrepreneurial mindset, it started very early for me. Um, I want to say even elementary school. Mm-hmm. I want to say about fourth grade, fifth grade. One day I. I was like, hmm, I wonder how much the people on the corner make selling waters. Right. Boom. I started doing the math in my head. Okay. Ice is like about $3 and obviously inflation. I don't know how much ice is now, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but probably. it was not, not even $3. It was probably like 
two dollars back then. Right. A pack of waters was like two dollars back then. So I get a pack of waters, ice, and I got a cooler at home. That's a four dollar purchase mm-hmm. of a thirty-two pack of waters. I can make twenty-eight dollars profit mm-hmm. off that pack of waters, off that four dollar purchase. After I figured that out, it was over with. I was selling waters the entire summer. Yeah. I literally, I had a, a there's a four way stop. I had, I was on this side. My little brother was on this side. I think I had a cousin on the other side. Right. And I paid them, they probably gonna hate this now, <laughs> but I paid them about $3 a day. Right. They kept the profit. Yeah. They loved their $3, though. They used to go to the store, get them some. Snacks, get a drink. Yep. They did not mind, yeah. but I used to keep a nice little profit at the end to go <laughs> restock on my waters, and then we we were just making money all summer. And then yeah. eventually, it just I kind of moved out of it when school started, and my cousins took over. Like they <laughs> they held it down until the next summer. Yeah, like your little water bit. I mean, and and so that's so interesting because so many kids you know, when I was growing up and, and, and even now they want to do like a lemonade stand. Right. And, and that's what I'm thinking of. Like they want to make lemonade and they put this lemonade stand and they set it up in front of their house and like one car drives by and maybe somebody feels sorry for them and they pull over and, and give them a, a 50 cents for a glass of lemonade or whatever. But, but you took it to that next level where you actually figured out profit. You figured out the best location. And if, if you're not from Tampa, there are people selling water at all these you know, corners, um, because it gets pretty hot here in the summer, right? So people roll up and, and buy water. And, and, and so what I love about it is that you didn't stop at, I just want to sell and then sit here and wait for people to come to me. You went to the right place. You made it happen. Right. And then I actually have another story of just some, just, it, it was just early on that the business, the business model was definitely there. Um, and I wasn't even aware of it. It was just like, hey, like, how can I make money? Or like, what are the ways I can make money? Because at the end of the day, like, I, I had a childhood where I there was no allowance. There was no, here you go, here's school, lunch, money. Like, it was either you had it or you didn't. There was no extra money to give out. So, like, I did I want things? Yes. So I, I tried to try my best to get the thing myself basically mm-hmm. so in middle school this is water business been passed down i'm moved on from the water can't do the sun anymore <laughs> right. um i started se- selling hershey bars at, in middle school um and i would just buy a big box of uh hershey bars from sam's club i think it was like 10 bucks and it came with like i want to say 50 60 bars mm-hmm. I literally used to pass out bars. Again, had employees. I had kids in school working for me. I used to pay them at the end of the day about, I think I paid them like a candy bar and five bucks. Right. And they gave me whatever money they made at the end of the day. But that got shut down really quick by the school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if everyone in the country does this, but here in Florida, we, they, in middle school and high school they usually have you sell like chocolate bars they have like a partnership for fundraising mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sell chocolate bars and um they shut me down real not really quick it was 
like a couple months, but yeah. it did shut me down. It was a well, you were competition. That was the problem, right? <laughs> oh, was, there, there was no competition. I was yeah. the bars they sell at the school were one dollar. I was selling my Hershey bars for the same price, mm-hmm. even his name brand. People going yep. to buy. People were they were literally coming to my class and meeting me outside the door. <laughs> Let me get through it. Let me get through them things. I'm like, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And and that's what that's what I love about you, Mike. Is your your personality is infectious. And the I think the things that you learned as a kid growing up were things that that just just made you who you are and and developed you into the ability to do what you do at reemployability so so very well. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences since you've been here? You talk to a lot of not-for-profit organizations. Um, are there anything, any impactful stories that you can recall from some of these not-for-profits that you're talking to that, that you think might help people understand a little bit better about what you do and what we do here? Well, I tell people all the time, literally every day I come to work, I learn something different. Like, um... A lot of these nonprofits, you come to find out, they're just really good people doing really good things. Mm-hmm. Like once you, because we research a lot of nonprofits, we talk to a lot of um, different nonprofits in different places, and there's good people out here. Like in any situation you're in, there's probably an organization out there helping that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I, just working here like I've never the amount of programs I've learned about since working here is insane mm-hmm. like even in the Tampa Bay area like the amount of organizations that do good work here I had no clue yeah has that, has that kind of helped you with your outlook like you already have a very positive outlook it seems like in any situation you've had um, you always look at the bright side of things, but has this experience helped you at all to kind of broaden that outlook a little bit? Well, I've always been the type of person who really liked helping people, and it was always like a thing where it was just like, I never want anything in return. Uh, it doesn't, there doesn't even have to be a conversation about it. I may, I may help you, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of working in with reemployability and working in the workers comp industry kind of gives you that because you're working with volunteers who are injured and are going through things in their life. And I'm, I try my best every day to put any volunteer I work with in the best opportunity, mm-hmm. like the best fit, best place. And um, just cause it's at the end of the day, they're, they're, they're going through stuff. And um mm-hmm. And also, these organizations are going through stuff because it's not—it's not easy to to manage and run a nonprofit, mm-hmm. especially some of these smaller ones who are still getting going. Um, so yeah, on both ends, the volunteers and the nonprofits, I just try try my best to make sure everyone um, is getting the best best possible fit out of the situation. Now you're you're working here. Uh, you're also going back to school. We're, we're doing our interview now. You're actually at at school, right? So I assume you're, you're going to classes now. Your goal is to uh, wh- where do you want to go to once you finish? Uh, you're you're at HCC right now. Yeah, I'm at HCC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I plan to transfer to one of the major universities here in Florida. 
Um, I'm looking at Florida or either USF as one of the programs, um, one of the schools I want to get into. Uh, You're not going back to Tallahassee, huh? I'm not going back to Tallahassee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good for you. And what do you want? What do you want to do? What kind of degree do you want to get? So as of right now, like initially, I wanted to go ahead and get that business degree, um, but just putting thought into it, I was just like, hey, I'm already in the business field. Uh, I feel like I learn stuff as I go along. Um, so I just didn't want to continue in the, the business uh, program. I just want something that's going to complement me building my business as well. So that could be like marketing or that could be like really anything. Um, so right now, technically, I'm kind of just undecided on where I want to go with it. But in terms of career, I did CEO. <laughs> yeah. I just want to own my business. I want to run my businesses with the S. Um, and that's just the goal. That's awesome, man. You know, you have no idea how blessed I feel that I've gotten to know you and that you're here with reemployability. But but more than that, just like I said, your personality and your outlook um, and, and your story is so inspirational um, because I feel like so many times in certain situations, um, folks um, who don't have experience in what it is uh, that somebody's hiring for won't give people a chance but it was your it was your attitude it was your uh your whole outlook that i know uh let us give you that chance and we're so happy that you're here and and really appreciate your time mike uh talking to us today reemployability has literally changed my life for the better like where i was mentally and where i was just in life I just feel like I'm just in a whole different place now. And and, and that's po- positively. I couldn't thank you guys enough. That's awesome, man. We're going to put thank and thank you. We're going to put your the links to your businesses in the show notes so people can get in touch with you through there if they have any questions, want to participate in any way. How's that? Perfect. Thank you. All right, All right man. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. Find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and show suggestions. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com. Or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. I'd love to chat with you. Have a great week. Believe it.